KMTT, Kimitziyon Tetzay Torah. Welcome back. And we're, this is the first week in the summer session. And today, Wednesday, we begin a new series, a new shiur. We're welcoming Harav Eliakim Krumbein, who will be giving a series of lectures of shiurim on the philosophy of the Vilna Gaon and his disciples. Rav Krumbein is a veteran ram in Yeshivat HaRatzion. He's responsible for the Bikyut program as well as uh, different Shurman Machshava. Uh, he gave a few years ago, he gave a series in the VBM. He wrote a series for the VBM called Musaf Amarun, which has been republished as a book. A very, very successful, very insightful book on, uh, on Musa, the learning of Musa. And today we welcome him for a series on philosophy of the Vilna Gaon. Um, I think it's a very important contribution since Obviously, the Vilna Gaon, more or less the founder of what's called his Nagdus, uh, is a very, very important character, not only in Halacha, but uh, studying and learning of 19th century Jewish philosophy tends to concentrate on the great thinkers of Hasidut. It's difficult to understand Hasidut if you understand the opposite, or the or the contending theory. And so we're very happy to have Afkambayn uh, join us in KMTT uh, with the series. The series will be every Wednesday throughout the summer. And now, have Afkambayn. Shalom. We are here to discuss the Vilna Gaon, Rabbeinu Eliyahu ben Shlomo Zalman of Vilna. And the first question I would like to pose is a very simple one. Why? What is in this for us? Why should we be interested in studying this remote, reclusive, towering figure of a Gadol Torah? As simple as the question is, I believe that there's a very simple answer. When we study about the Gra, we're actually studying about ourselves. We'll get to know about ourselves, about our roots, about where we come from, because the tradition of Lithuanian Jewry, its religious heritage, is something which is ever-present and dominant in our lives, in Jewish life in general, in many more ways than we usually pay attention to. One thing which is very obvious, the yeshiva world, the modern yeshiva movement, the vast worldwide worldwide network of institutions, which was spawned by the great Velazhin Yeshiva, which was founded by Reb Chaim Velazhin, the great disciple of the Gaon of Vilna, under the direct inspiration of the Master. This goes without saying, but even if we think beyond this, those of, those of us, for example, who see themselves as part of the religious Zionist movement or religious Zionist society in Eretz Yisrael or in America, This movement, this sociological phenomenon, was dominated by Lithuanian Jewry, by the Misnagdic Jewish element, much more than by the Hasidic, even though there was a prominent Hasidic component. But nevertheless, think of all the the Gdolim who supported the Mizrahi movement, Rav Moeliver, Rav Reines, in our own own days, think about the Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, Zinchon Olivracha, all connected with the Misnagdic element, 
Rav Kook, Zichon Olivracha as well. Basically, a Misnagdic Jew, even though he incorporated Hasidic thought into his philosophy. Nevertheless, he himself basically was a Misnagdic person. He studied in Velazhin. That was where he grew up, where he learned his Torah, under the tutelage of the Nitziv. If we can transfer our observation to America, the great waves of immigration at the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th century was composed primarily of Jews who came from Lithuania, Russia, non-Hasidim. And this was the movement of immigration which was responsible for the beginning, really, of Jewish life in America on a more massive and significant scale. As a uh, signpost of this, I would point out that the Nefesh HaChaim, the seminal work of Reb Chaim Velazhin, the seminal and influential work, written by the great Talmud of the Vilna Gaon, after a hiatus of 50 years, during which it was not published at all in Europe, since the 1870s, it was never published. The first time it was republished in the 1920s was in New York by these people who saw themselves as carrying the torch and the tr- tradition of Lithuanian Jewry. The Vilna Gaon, born in the year Tavpe, 1720, passed away on Cholomoyed Sukkot, Tavkuf Nunchet, 1797. His life, therefore spanning basically the 18th century, lived at a crucial time in Jewish history, a crossroads of ideology and of controversy. In his day, the nascent Hasidic movement aroused controversy in the Lithuanian arena. After the demise of the Vilna Gaon, the encroachment of Enlightenment and Haskalah posed a new challenge for Jewry. Along with a plethora of other movements of a strong ideological nature, socialism, nationalism, communism, with all these, the Jewish tradition had to grapple, and had to deal, and had to adapt. A major source of the strength of Lithuanian Jewry and what gave it the ability to cope with these new challenges was that great image, that towering figure, the Gaon of Vilna. On the one hand, the Vilna Gaon was a source of strength because he symbolized the rock-solid foundation of learning, of Torah, of the Jewish way of life, of Musar. On the other hand, the Vilna Gaon was a multifaceted genius, as we will soon see, and this variety, this copiousness, which existed in his learning and in his worldview, afforded the Jewish people a large amount of flexibility, a great degree of adaptability, without which, personally, I doubt that the tradition could have grappled with the new challenges of the new age, which was about to come, with the success that it did achieve. I, s- I mentioned that the Grah was a multifaceted genius. I'd like now to enumerate some of the areas in which the Vilna Gaon had a great impact and a lasting contribution, even though in this series of uh, Shiurim, which will be necessarily short, uh, we will not be able to get to many of these things. But at the outset, we, sh- we, sh- we should have a good idea 
of those areas which interested the Vilnagon and in which he made a great contribution. Of course, any list such as this must be headed by Torah. The Vilnagon emphasized and re-emphasized the, supreme, the supremacy of Talmud Torah as the major pastime of the ideal Jew, as the crowning achievement of Jewish life, and actually as the transcendental crown of all creation. The Gra himself exemplified the supreme achievement of Talmud Torah, thorough knowledge, thorough and certain knowledge of Torah in all its aspects, Nigleh, Nistar, Torah Shebichtav, Torah Shebarper, theory, practice, not only thorough mastery, but also thorough devotion, total devotion to Talmud Torah. The great attachment to learning was legendary and seemingly superhuman, as we will see as we go through our shiurim. But the Vilna Gaon also contributed to Torah in other ways. In his derech alimud, in his approach how to learn. And I hope that in as we progress, we will be able to see more of these things. Second on the list of areas of interest of the Vilna Gaon, I would mention Musar, the ethical approach to life which was of great concern to the Gaon. Not as much as Talmud Torah, but also a primary interest of his. He wrote much on this matter, and he was a great admirer of Ramosha Chaim Lutzato, the Mesilat Yishtarim, and much of the, the thought of the Vilna Gaon was devoted to this area. The Gra's interest in the Musar and the ethical approach to life connects with, his, uh, with another area where he made a major contribution, and that is in his generating of misnagdic culture. And now I'm speaking specifically in terms of the opposition to the Hasidic movement. Of course, as is well known, the Gaul is the major ideologue of the misnagdic movement, and much of the Gaul's opposition to Hasidut can be understood against the backdrop of his uh, ethical approach to Jewish life and to Torah. A fourth area which concerned the Gra, one which is uh, people today are less aware of, general studies. The Gra had an abiding interest and actually uh, delved very profoundly into the different uh, areas of knowledge which were uh, available to him. Uh, sciences, natural sciences, medicine, surprisingly enough, music. Right? We wouldn't approach, uh, I, I associate a misnagdid, certainly not the arch misnagdid, with a uh, affinity towards music. But we know from the uh, writings that the girl was interested in music. This affinity to general knowledge is something which scholars are uh, 
not of a, a common mind, how to evaluate this. How should we see the connection between the Gra, the Zonagon, and the Enlightenment movement, which aimed actually to broaden the horizons of Jewry and have them not, not only be interested in Tamil Torah, but also to see other things as well. There are other things of interest, other areas of learning which are important. Was the Gra somehow a precursor or a herald of this movement? Uh, most scholars today don't think so. But nevertheless, this is a matter of controversy. A fifth area, which is an, another one which today people are not so much aware of, but which to the, the Vilnagon himself, tremendously important, Kabbalah. The Graal was a major Kabbalist, arguably the greatest Kabbalist of his time, and Kabbalistic works which to him were part of the genuine Jewish tradition, authored by Chazal. To him, this was certainly as important as any other book of Chazal, and he invested great effort in trying to explicate the Kabbalistic writings and to map them out and to demonstrate the interconnections between one work and another. There are numerous other areas which interested the Gra. And I will not here go into all of them, but there is one more which I would like to mention because of its importance to the Vilnagon himself and because of its general importance, even though I don't believe that in this series we'll be able to deal with it at, at any great length. Rabbi Yao, the Vilnagon, was a messianic activist. Many of us know that the Gaon himself planned to go on Aliyah, to move to Eretz Israel, and he actually embarked upon this course for a mysterious reason, which is subject to controversy. He turned back and did not accomplish this goal. But nevertheless, the Gra's commitment towards Meshichiyut, towards Messianism, and to trying to bring about the Geula of Am Yisrael was un- undoubtedly great, he passed on this message to his eminent disciples. And as uh, scholars have pointed out, by the year 1810, which was, uh, as, we, as we saw, a little bit more than a decade after the Graz passing, by that year, most of the, of the major disciples of the Vilnagon were already living in Eretz Israel. And there they engaged in activities which they believed and which they had learned from their master were designed to hasten the redemption. After having sampled some of the areas of interest of the Gra and those fields in which he had a great impact, I'd like to outline in a general way those things which will concern us in this series. From this vast area of study, Vilna Gaon, I would like to concentrate on the following things. The first thing that we'll do is we'll try to gain an appreciation of the Gra as he was seen by his Talmudim. As I hinted before, and as many of us know, 
the Vilna Gaon led a reclusive existence. And much of our knowledge of who he was and what was important to him and what were his messages, virtually all of it, I would say, comes to us filtered through the writings of his disciples. And these Talmudim, while the grow was alive, were concentrated on learning from him as much as they could. After the Grah passed away, their focus became perpetuating this heritage, transferring it to Am Yisrael as a whole. And to this end, one of the things they did was that they wrote uh, short descriptions of who the Grah was, how they perceived him. The genre of biography at that time apparently did not exist, so they did not write a biography of the Vilna Gaon, but their evaluation of the Vilna Gaon appears in a different way. For example, let's take our uh, first text, which is the Pa'at HaShulchan. Pa'at HaShulchan was written by a great disciple of the Gaon of Vilna, Rabbi Israel Mishklov. The Pa'at HaShulchan is actually a Seva Halacha about Hilchot Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov spent most of his life in Svat, where he was the leader of the Kolel, of the Prushim, of those people that came in the wake of the Vilna Gaon, in the, teach, the teachings of the Vilna Gaon, to settle in Eretz Yisrael. In the introduction to this work, the Pa'at HaShulchan, he has a, a description, an appreciation of the Vilna Gaon, which is a major source of what we know about him. Likewise, of Chaim Velozhin, uh, when the uh, one of the Kabbalistic works of the Vilna Gaon, the Sifa Ditsniuta, was published, he appended to this work an introduction of his own, which is also an, adu- an, an adulating appreciation of his master, emphasizing his uh, Kabbalistic side. A third major uh, source, which is similar, is the introduction written by the sons of the Vilna Gaon to the Be'er Hagra and the Shulchan Aruch. So then we're talking about introductions to works which were exploited by the disciples of the Vilna Gaon in order to paint a picture of who the Vilna Gaon was and make him known and accessible to the mass of Yiddishkeit. Now the first introduction of this nature which I'd like to have a look at is the introduction to the Pata Shulchan of Rabbi Yisrael Mishklov. One thing which is obvious from this introduction, and which I should point out at the start, something to do with the very uh, title which we give to Rabbeinu Eliyahu, the Gaon, the Gaon of Vilna. Interestingly enough, this appellation, as the, the sole title of the Vilna Gaon, the Gaon, apparently is something of a relatively recent nature. Originally, during the Gra's lifetime, 
and in the years following, Rabbeinu Eliyahu was known with a dual title, Hagaon Hechasid. Paradoxically enough, for this great warrior in the fight against Hasidut, he was known as Hechasid. Of course, the appellation Hasid here doesn't have anything, anything to do with the Hasidic movement, but it describes the Gra as a person of utmost piety and religious devotion. Total scrupulousness in the Qiyum of Mitzvot, Diktukei Halacha, Bein Adam Lamakom and Bein Adam Lachavero. Rabbi Israel devotes his attention first to the aspect of the Hasidut. He writes, Umi yachol esaper tzidkato v'chasiduto, shalok sach sichat chulin me'olam, v'lo kibel alav o'od sibur v'rabanut, v'shum tradot, v'yasonei betza, v'yalomed zman rav b'ya'arot, v'vayit yachidi. The total devotion to Talmud Torah as the ultimate avodat Hashem impelled the Grah to remove himself from any possible distraction. Rabbi Israel tells us he never spoke an idle word. He refused to accept upon himself any public office. And this is true. The Gra lived in Vilna. He was known as the Gadol, the Gdolador. But he was not the Rav. He was not the Dayan. What he did all the time was he simply learned Torah and he taught a small, closed group of elite disciples. As a further indication of the Gra's intense piety, Rabbi Israel quotes that uh, when he went to Eretz Israel, he accepted donations from people who wanted to contribute to his journey. In the end, when he returned and did not, did not go, he was makpid to return every penny. All the people that gave him donations, he returned every cent. This gives us an inkling of the great unusual chasidut of the Vilna Gaon, so that the picture of the Gra as Gaon and Chasid really gives us a, a bipolar frame of reference in which to conceive of the kind of person that he was. In our coming shiurim, we will proceed further in Hatamav Rabbi Israel Mishklav, and we will also take a look at what Rabbi Chaim Vilajan had to say about his teacher. And we will see that this remote, reclusive, reclusive person was really very interesting. And the ways in which he transmitted his very tradi- tra- traditional messages were innovative and quite challenging. You have been listening to Rav Yakim Krambein, series on the philosophy of the Vilna Gaon and his disciples. This will be every Wednesday throughout the summer session here on KMTT. KMTT, the summer session, Taf Shin Samach Zayin, 2007. And that's it for today. Kimi Tzion, Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim, Kol Tov, Shalom Rav.